Welcome to Solo Performer Podcast, where I interview the best of the best solo performers of all kinds from all over the world. We go in depth and uncover the tips, secrets, and hacks that these pros use on a nightly basis to play amazing gigs. So if you're a guitar player, piano player, singer, or even if you use tracks, this is the podcast for you. So before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to give you a quick reminder. If you're a solo, duo, or even trio performer, and you're looking to bring your performance to the next level, you'll want to check this out. Now, what this is, is I'll send you a quick email twice a month with tips, tricks, and hacks that the pros use to play gigs better and to play more gigs. And as you may or may not know, I've booked and played over 5,000 gigs since 1998. And in these emails, I'm going to share with you the things I've learned over the years, from the hard lessons to the funny stories. Man, these emails are educational and entertaining, or at least I think they're entertaining, right? So, but with any solo performer will get a lot of value from these. So it doesn't matter if you're just starting out and have never played a gig, or maybe you've done a few gigs before but want to gig more consistently, I highly recommend you sign up today. Just go to solo-performer.com to register. That's solo-performer.com, and I'll see you later. Now, back to the podcast. So something a little different today. Today we have a duo on the Solo Performer Podcast. Now, I wanted to interview a duo because, as you can imagine, there are a lot of similarities and overlap between a solo and duo gig. But, you know, there are also some nuances that are specific to duos. Now, the duo I have today are the husband and wife team of Casey and Johnny Thibodeau. They've been playing consistently for about 20 years, so believe me when I say these guys know what they're doing. Now, they play mostly in a small geographic area, and that would be the Homa Thibodeau area in Louisiana. Now, I know most of you aren't familiar with that region. It's about 50 miles southwest of New Orleans. Believe me, it's pretty remarkable to play consistently in that small of an area. Now, on the podcast today, we're going to talk about how to start playing even if you're not ready, playing songs you don't know, playing consistently in a small geographical area. We're also going to talk about long-term thinking, the advantages of duos, dealing with imposter syndrome, picking the right songs to play, and kind of a two drunks crashing into your gear and how to avoid getting hurt on stage, songs every female singer must know, and how to separate the music lover from the musician in you. Anyway, you're in for a treat. Great podcast today. Casey and Johnny Thibodeau. Here we go. So Johnny and Casey, man, how long have, I, how long have we known each other? Um... So at least 20 years. A little yeah. more than 20. Yeah. yeah. For us, you and I, probably 20. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think I, I met Casey before I met Johnny, right? You were singing with me. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I have been playing together 20 years. So we have both known Steve more than 20 years. Oh, so that's right. That's right. Yeah. We just hit our 20-year mark. Yeah. Yeah. So you and, you and Casey and I played together separately. And then Johnny and I played together about the same time, right? Like, right. Right. Oh, okay. And you were playing, I was playing with you and Johnny was playing with you. And that's how Johnny and I got our first gig. Somebody had seen us all together and for whatever yeah. reason, maybe you were unavailable, but they asked us to do it together. Just, they couldn't get anyone else. Yeah. That was our first show. Okay. But uh, when you guys started out though, um, wasn't it with Sid? Y'all, y'all were doing like a trio thing. Mostly, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Me and Sid were playing together. Um, and we, thought that it would be, you know, it's always helpful to have that uh, female vocal and, and, and visual. 
<laughs> yes. <on the> stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very important. Yeah. I mean, as you know, that's how I started out having a female duo partner. Just to, uh, Correct. You know, till I caught my caught my feet and was able to do it by myself. Yeah, that's right. But, um, Correct. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so well, I guess you just explained how you guys came together as a duo. You were, it was the bumping uglies. You, yes. you two, and Sid. So, um, what what made you guys split off as a duo? What what brought that about? Sid moved. I think yeah, Sid. Um, his his ex wife was moving back to Oregon. Yep. And and Sydney, uh, his son wasn't eighteen yet, and so he was moving. Uh, he moved back to Oregon to follow, to you know, be there until Sydney was little. Sydney was old enough to until uh, he was eighteen. He was on his own. Right. So Sid moved, and uh, and and it was just us left. Yeah, so it really I, wasn't like a, 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 a wasn't a premeditated thing. It just kind of happened. You went like, oh, let's yeah, be a duo. Yeah, and I wasn't really, um, you know, oh, my dog is shaking the camera. Um, <laughs> camera dog. Camera dog. <laughs> I wasn't really uh, that confident in my, you know, my abilities to, to be the only guitar and to run sound. And to run, yeah, running the sound and all of that stuff. Um, I had started out, I had uh, Jamie and Mike originally that were doing, you know, all of the singing. Um, and Mike was doing half of the playing. And so I never really had to carry the gig and then went to kind of playing with you where, again, I wasn't carrying the gig. And then having Sid and Casey. I wasn't carrying the gig. So it was kind of a little, it was a tough move for me to going from, you know, having to do all of that myself. Yeah. You see, that's the thing I bring up with a lot of people starting out though, is that they don't realize you don't have to be all there when you're starting out, right? You can start out and have partners and they'll, they'll, yeah, you kind of feed off of each other and learn from each other. And, you know, this one takes the slack and. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're your own worst enemy out there. You're always comparing yourself to the the last gig you went to, the last gig you played. Um, You're never satisfied with the sound. You always think it can be better. But when you try to, like, relay that or or, uh, explain that to somebody who's just in the audience, it doesn't translate to them. Right. Yeah, you play the songs they want to hear. That's all they really care about. Especially too when you first start out, it's a lot of your friends and family that that frequent your shows. It's not harsh critics. It's not the yeah. the cold public out there staring at you. You know, you got yeah. got your your people in front of you, so they, they kind of yeah tend to pump you up rather than shoot you yeah. down. But, but do you find, though, it's been my experience, though, I, I've never really, I mean, every now and then you get some drunk bastards like, oh, you know, you suck. But they would tell that to the Pope if he walked in the place. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's, right. But other than that, I mean, most of the time people are generally, they want you to do well. You know, they you know, sure. they got some music there. They, they don't want to, you know, they're not out to get you most of the time. Right. 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 And for a good time. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. yeah and you yeah. help them have a good time. and. Right, right. And we see that the most when um, someone requests a song that we um, maybe haven't played in a long time or maybe we have to, like, kind of learn on the spot and we're mm-hmm. just trying it out. 
And we know it's mostly going to flop, but it's going to be enough to satisfy the tip. And um, that's encouraging. You know, they always, they always have been hard. Yeah, people love that. If you could get to that first chorus, you're golden. You just do it the first in the chorus. Yeah. And you got to make a big deal of it, right? Oh, I I don't know this. I'm looking it up on the internet. All right. Yeah, bear with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then a lot of times I'm sure you have that, you surprise yourself how well you actually can pull it off sometimes, right? Yeah, we did that the other night. I forget what it was that we played, but we, we did really good, really well. It was, was it a Stapleton tune, maybe? It was a $100 tip. So yeah, well, there you go. You got to do those. <laughs> Even if you don't know it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we, we're going to do something. Just go yeah. ahead and drop that $100 bill. Yeah, well, hey, hey, you, I'm sure you know the story, but that's why, that's the reason I know Bobby McGee. Because a friend, yeah. Oh, yeah. friend yeah. hey, play Bobby McGee, I I don't know it. Well, play Bob McGee. It's hundred dollars. Okay, I know it. I don't yeah, know yeah, how. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. I know who gave you that hundred dollar tip too. Oh yeah, I know you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. So what guy? What what um? What areas are you guys playing in now? Mostly Homa and Thibodeau, I would say, and Raceland. Yeah, yeah just as as local as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've done some, we occasionally do some out of town stuff. Uh, we, we've been all the way, we've been out to Florida. We've been out to Texas, uh, a couple of times for, you know, specific events and yeah. things like that. Um, but we like to, we have two teenage kids, so we like right. to try to stay as close to home as possible and just make the groceries, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically though, you're, you're booked up. As much as you want to be within, say, a thirty-mile radius. Yes, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I play yeah. twice a week. I try to play twice a week consistently, and most of that's that's going to be one public show and probably one private show yeah, every week. And Johnny finally got involved in a in a, another project that doesn't need me or it uh-huh. doesn't consist of me at all, and he can book himself above and beyond that, yeah. and still play. So that's, okay. that's really fun. Yeah, well, that's good. So you're kind of picking and choosing what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. We, we, uh, and there's always, uh, there's a whole cast of, uh, late booking people like all the way right now. I have people calling to book for new year's Eve yeah. and, and Christmas parties and stuff. I'm like, man, New Year's Eve's been booked since do that. last New Year's Eve. Right. Right. Yeah. But there's always gigs coming in for, yeah. for th- this weekend, which are, are y'all booked tonight or yeah. are you booked Saturday? And yeah. So we turn down a, a lot of gigs because of that. Sure. Uh, ever re- that's uh, just always those late things that just pop up. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man. And then, and then a lot of times it's some big money ones that you got to kind of be, God, man, yeah. right, I wish I could. That way, that way till the last minute. The bars are usually pretty good about trying to keep their calendar filled because they want to mm-hmm. advertise. Yeah. The private yeah. parties are waiting until a month out, and they're that's the ones you're going to miss out on. They're right? waiting to see if, if the weather's going right. to hold out, you know, for their specific date and stuff. And so it right. ends up uh, last minute stuff. Yep. So, but that's just that's the name of the game. I yeah, well, you know, my, uh-huh. the calendar and, and moving the gear is the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, my thing is you got to keep the people who keep you 
working the whole year, you got to keep them happy. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. I agree. It's it's not fun to turn down a private party, but you the consistency yeah. of being at a restaurant yeah. or a bar um, for the third Wednesday of every month or the you know right. first Saturday of every month that's right. that matters. Yeah, yeah. That that long term thinking is the is the is the way to go instead of like trying to get that that uh, that quick yeah, buck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The one night stands are, are fun, but uh, but they don't pay the bills. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in relationships. <laughs> That's right. I know. I know. And congratulations on like solidifying yourself in a new area as quickly as you did. I felt like you were cons- you had consistent gigs like almost right away when you got to Florida. Yeah, yeah. It um it was good. It, you know, um it took me like a month to get my first one and then within like three, four months I was like book solid and turning down, you know, I like you got, I turn down stuff every week. You know, there's yeah. um, so much work. That's you know. awesome. Well, good for you. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad it's working out. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We'll be down there sucking up some of them gigs for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> Y'all would do well down here. Yeah. Uh, yeah we it's always funny talking to someone from home and saying down here. Y'all would do well down here. Exactly, Chris. Right. Yeah. You, uh, the thing, you, you're further south, but you're closer to the equator than I am. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> A more equatorial. Definitely. That's right. More equatorial. <laughs> I like the word. That's good. Uh, is that an actual word? I mean, you're the English teacher. You should know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Even if it's, I feel like you know, you just have to use it so many times in journalism, and then it becomes something that they have to have a definition for. So let's yeah. just start using it. There you go. I like. Equatorial. Hey, Shakespeare <laughs> made up words. We can make up words. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, who you guys like? So you duo. You've been a duo. Since it, so, man, 15, 16 years now? 20. 2002. Okay. Um, we, we, okay. we started booking steady in like Mardi Gras of 2002, so February ish. Okay. And um, we did our, we did the first live at five, live after five in Homa. That was one of our first bump and ugly shows. Uh-huh. And, um, and then we, we just, we didn't have anything steady because we were like a three piece band. So yeah. we were in every now and then at your bar gig. You know, yeah. that, and, but we, we were always hanging out practicing. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Spent a lot of time sitting around playing in the house with yep. Sid and Casey. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, in yep. the early days, that's how it, that's how it has to happen sometimes. Yeah. Right? When you yeah, got more right. than one person, you know. Right. And it felt, like, it felt like a band. And we sometimes had other, like, you know, we had friends who played guitar. And so it would oftentimes become just a huge jam. You know, yeah, that was just yeah, I've been a couple of those. Yeah. So, what, what do you think? You know, is the is the advantage of being a duo as opposed? To, I know Johnny, you've done some solo stuff. You know. Um, so, what do you think the advantage is of being a duo as opposed to just being solo? I think my perspective on that, uh, being the, the the type of duo that we are, where we share the money. Uh, and that there's obvious advantages like you know that we're taking home the whole pot as far as the money goes yeah because uh, well, we didn't even state this most some people may not know you guys are married have been right. for quite a while <laughs> right <laughs> right correct and so um you know a lot of people that that do this like yourself when you play with casey or or leslie or um yeah nikki nikki you know it, it was not like that. So you're right. splitting that money in half, 
Yeah. And and a lot of times by, you go play by yourself, you can make a little more money as a one person solo gig than taking home half of a two person duo gig. Right. Um, but that's an advantage. For so for us, it's an advantage because we get to take home uh, all of the money, which is yeah. nice. Um, but I like kind of like you and I did when we played together. You know, she sings a song, then I sing a song, then she sings a song, then I sing a song. And so it kind of uh, lightens the load that way. And, and then even uh, setting up and making trips to the car, dragging equipment in and out. And, I actually help. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah, you open the door. I've seen she it. Does. <laughs> she does open she the door for Johnny door as he hauls the speakers in. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting better. Oh, you, you uh, carry the microphone in now, Casey? Yeah. I, I, several several things. Uh, things. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's uh, and then it, it's just I, I I do them with with Zach sometimes. You know, from time to time I do other duo gigs, and it's just fun um, yeah. to to ha have that other musician there, like like if it's Casey or whoever, to just feed off of them and have certain songs that you like to do. With certain people, Zach brings his own songs that I don't typically play, you know, to the gig, and it's it, that that is uh, is fun to do those different things rather than playing by yourself. And I can't speak for, for playing alone because I, I obviously never have, but I think it's uh, I know that one of the advantages we have is we don't have to take a break. We can do a three or four hour show and just. Um, give each other each a bathroom break with a song. That's, I can sing an acapella song while he uses the restroom and, and vice versa. And then so we have a steady flow of yeah, music. Yeah, keep the music going. Yeah. yeah. Don't lose the... You don't lose the vibe and the... Lose music. the crowd, you know. Sure. Yeah. If that's yeah. what you're trying to get out, you know, if that's yeah. the goal, then, yeah, then yeah. that's an advantage of, of being a duo. I think you build... Uh, too, you... you um, oh, I, I thought of an advantage... You, the songs uh, grow. Those songs that you do together get better. You get tighter and tighter and tighter together when you have that partner. And then I think that's impressive uh, to people when they hear the vocal harmonies and mm -hmm. starts and stops the songs that you have worked out. Uh -huh. Little things like that in the song, little dynamic things that because you're you're doing those songs together all the time. Yeah. You work on those cool little things, and I think it can be yeah. uh, helpful, a good tool when you're trying to yeah. impress the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just think that being a duo, like when you do have those nights where you're the background noise, um, to have yeah. somebody in the corner, you know, we're playing for each other. We're high-fiving yeah. each other. Sure. Even if no one else is noticing us, we, yeah. we're having a good time. A lot you of times you play songs that you just like to play together, yeah. even though it might not be those yeah. uh, crowd-grabbing songs, but it's the ones you like. And so you get that time to look to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's when I miss playing with a partner the most, is when you're at that point where you're background and you got... Yeah. Nobody yeah, to clown with, nobody to joke with, nobody. Yeah, it's just, it's just okay. Here we go. Yeah. 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 That I, that must take some some gumption. You know, I've never <laughs> ever done that. Oh yeah, I mean, you can do it. Hey, who we got? 
This is Daisy. Daisy. She's our rescue pizzle. Oh, hey, Daisy. She's so she's crazy. She's the camera dog? Um, yeah, well. Man, she's a big one. Yeah, yeah, your camera dog, you see? She's hey, Daisy. She's about six feet, six five pounds. Nice, nice. She's a monster. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yes. So, and this could be for both of you guys. When did you, like, say, when you were starting out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's go with Johnny for this. When okay. you were starting out, how did you know you were ready? Like, you say, okay, now's the time. I'm going to go play a gig, and I know I'm ready because blank. Uh, you know, I I didn't. I was playing gigs way before I felt like I was ready. Yeah. Um, me and started out. Me and Jamie and Mike were playing um, together. Just uh, Mike was kind of teaching me how to play guitar, and he was roommates with Spencer. Spencer's girlfriend was Jamie. She was always around, so she would sing. And we just, like, we literally just were hanging out at the apartment all the time, singing and playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girl, we hung out at the daiquiri shop all the time, and Jeannie, that ran the daiquiri shop, asked us to come and play. She's like, y'all should come and play over here. We played our first gig with no electronic equipment. Yeah, yeah. Sat in the middle of the daiquiri shop with two acoustic guitars. Yeah. And everybody was quiet. <laughs> And, yeah. and we played, and they paid us like each twenty five bucks. You know, it was um, it was just a nothing gig. And then, like from that, we just started. We it just we just kept doing them. You know, and, uh, so I I didn't feel like I was ready. I wasn't really doing anything. I didn't feel like Mike and Jamie did all the singing. Mike did the majority of the playing. I was just. Uh, I felt like I was just tagging along, and I was learning songs that. Jamie wanted to sing, but Mike didn't have the time to commit to learning new stuff. He had a bunch of stuff he already played and sang, and mm. I was always learning, so I would learn songs for Jamie to sing. Um, and then they both moved out of town. Out of you know, Jamie married Jim from the Rascal Flats, and Mike went uh, to what are they in Alabama, Virginia? Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Um, so I was. I was left again by myself. I had to, to if I wanted to play, I had to play by myself. And so I, I, I kind of, um, that was when I ran into you uh, and started playing gigs with you. And um, Bo Porsche mm-hmm. was leaving to go to chiropractic school. So he introduced me to Sid. That's how I met Sid. Okay, yeah. Because Bo and Sid were doing a gig together and then mm-hmm. Bo was moving to Texas. So, yeah. He had just called me one day and said, man, you want to play this, take over this gig on Tuesdays with this dude, Sid, just show up at 10 o'clock and yeah. play. So I was it. I showed up yeah. and I was Sid. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, so you brought Sid, up, yeah, you brought up two important points for people getting started, right? Number one, play with some people who may have a little more experience than you or always you know, kind of not way above you, but kind of, you know, a little, no, little but- bit. A little bit better than you have a little more experience. Than you can learn. Yeah, and then networking and, and networking that'll get you so far, man. That's you yes. know, right. you don't want to work your way down the ladder, right? You're trying right. to work your you're trying to work your way right. up the ladder. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's but the hard part, though. The yeah, if you aim too high, you know, you, you're yeah. not going to go 
I'm going to go talk to John Mayer and go, hey, man, can I play a gig with you? Right, right. <laughs> Show me that little red you would do. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Casey? How nice would, you would, would, huh? I said it'd be nice if you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Casey? What was your uh, experience starting out? Um, so, How'd you know you, know, you were ready? At 15 years old, um, I met some guys that were, they had a garage band already, and um, they didn't have really many gigs anywhere per se, but they were learning music and playing in their garage with some equipment. And my mom um, didn't mind bringing me down there once a week for practice, and she would stay the whole time, and all the parents were there, and uh, they would visit while we played music. And we started getting like bar gigs. Um, but I only sang about four songs with the whole band and I would just sit in and sing harmony and shake a tambourine or something the rest of the time. Mm. Um, so I never felt like, like, like he said, I never felt ready. I always felt like just a tag along to people who were already established, you mm -hmm. know, and then you scooped me up and that was an absolute tag along cause you were absolutely established and I was super green. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, but you had, I don't know if you remember, gosh, Daisy, <laughs> um, you gave me a CD to learn and you told me that, you know, you, you didn't practice at all. You know, we weren't going to rehearse and, um, that, it, you know, I had already been going to, I don't know if you remember, I would go to Rick's on Saturdays sometimes and I would sit in and just sing like Bobby McGee and maybe mm -hmm. give me one reason yeah. or something. That was it. Yeah. And, um, you would always let me. And mm -hmm. so when you asked me to do Flanagan's, you knew that I was confident enough to get up there at Rick's. So you mm -hmm. didn't need to push me in that direction. You just needed me to basically karaoke my way through the night. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm, I overcomplicated it in my own head for a long time, you know, yeah. and you, there's a lot of judgment and that's nervous. Easy, yeah, that's easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody has seen me grow, um, it's you because you've watched me from the, mm -hmm. my, my conception, basically, as a, as a little duo. A, a musical fetus. Yeah, exactly. She constantly. And I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. Um, but but Casey constantly um declares that she's not a musician you know yeah. like she's always like i'm not a musician all i do is sing all i do is sing like, <laughs> i don't know uh, every musician that. has that problem i i do you know i, I guarantee you, and if if you come across a musician who tells you they don't have they they've never had that issue they're lying to you you know right, the, the, the best guys in the world though. yeah yeah exactly the best you know it's just part of the nature because you, you you know like you said we said earlier you're up there you feel like you're being judged right Absolutely. so because you feel like you're being judged you're thinking okay what are they judging me for and that's going on in your head and you're and what's going on in your head is just gets exploded into this this thing yeah. that's not even near the truth you know absolutely right yeah. well i think to some degree i mean you're you're the show so they are judging you you have to be prepared for that hopefully they're doing it kindly <laughs> but um yeah. but absolutely yeah i, I never uh you, you, if, if you if you feel like you're a star too much that you know that can be yeah. unappealing they'll knock you down a peg yeah to watch yes. exactly yeah. i think the hard the hardest comment comment for me to get over and it happens often is the turn it down comment you know and it's because we play at restaurants Mm -hmm. You know, if we were in a restaurant band, I don't think people would concern themselves with the volume because we were we would be in a bar, yeah. and so why yeah. would you care? But 
in a restaurant setting, people are trying to talk. And so I yeah. guess become like annoying background music for them. And so even though there's a part of me that understands I'm in a restaurant and this is part of the course, yeah. it does like, it kills your, your, yeah. Oh yeah. All of it. Especially yeah. when you, you know, you got a, a certain level and you got a vibe going and you can see people in the back getting into it. Yes. Hey, and it's like, you just had a woohoo. And then can you turn it down? It's like, yes. But yes. This is awesome. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, you got to make sure that front row that that's there. If you can see them struggling to speak to each other, then you're probably a little too loud at that point. Yeah. And don't you agree that that uh, a hostess should concern themselves on a band night with where the the people who are there to visit sit and the people who are there for the band sit? You know, like at least mention it on the nights that you're seating people when you have music. Do you yeah. want to sit in your band? Are you trying to It'll talk to nice. them? If they walk in with the so back, nice. that brand new little infant, you probably don't want to sit them right in front, right in front of the speaker. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But well, I mean, it yeah, I, it, it does. But, you know, again, that would be nice, but that's not how it works in the real world. That's, not that's, reality. that's what we have to deal with. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm kind of an expert at turning my speakers certain ways, you know, just to kind of make it fill the room, but not blast the front row. And, you yeah. know, there are things I do to compensate for that. And, um, yeah. you know, I always start at a certain volume. And if I see they're having trouble talking, I'll, I'll turn it down a little bit. But then... You know, as the night progresses, you can kind of inch that volume up a little bit. You know? Absolutely. Especially in South Louisiana, where every meal in the evening is, is like, you know, wrought with alcohol. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's going to get it amplified real quick. Yes. The, oh, yeah. The, new, uh, the newer stuff is, the new like, the newer line array towers and stuff like that are a lot better, too, at yeah. getting the sound in the room and not just being so directional. Right. And, right. and like a like a big horn on the front of a speaker, <laughs> right. you know, blasting the person that's right in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that helps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good definitely. Equipment. You can't you can't go wrong with good equipment. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I always say, you know, well, you, you kind of brought it up earlier that your first gig, you didn't have any equipment. And then, you know, we, now we have these all these options that are kind of cheap and really nice and. Yeah. But I always tell people, start. it never fails. You know, someone asks me about playing music, right? And I try to tell them, okay, well, you know, play music that, that you, the audience will like and do this. And like, no, but what gear do you use? It's like, well, fuck the gear. It's not about the gear. It's about, you know. What you gear can, do you like? Right? You can literally do a gig with any type of gear almost. And there's a lot of good stuff that's cheap and there's a lot of great stuff that's expensive. That's fine. And, but you don't yeah. need a whole lot. And we just yeah. got to know how to use it. That's the key. That's the ticket. Okay. So we, we are like acoustic people, you know? And so just here recently, since he's gotten into the, uh, the five piece or the, I guess it's a four piece, it's a four, five, five piece, whatever. Six. It's um, a revolving, it's a revolving <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But he got on the electric guitar pretty hard. And so we have entered the world of pedals. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> That's it's a slippery such slope. a wormhole. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially if you know Zach, because I know you talk to Zach about pedals, and that's just forget it's, about and it. And he's he's unsettled. There's never going to be enough. There's never <laughs> no. going to be the right one. No. And so I have no hope. I have no hope. We're always yeah. going to be looking at pedals. Yeah. 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. yeah my 15 year old's the same way. He just discovered. Pe- you know he. Got in a guitar about a year ago. Now he's getting into pedals. Like, oh shit, here we go. Just you know. yeah. I know my little the little guitar player we have playing with the band. The other guitar player is uh, 
he, he's always man i love the way you, i love what pedal is that what pedal is that that you use for that i love that sound and this and that. like man I, I'd change them all right now if I had, you know what I mean? If I had the money to just go buy new ones, I'd yeah. change them all. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Get yeah. get you a couple of distortion bells, a couple of overdrive bells, <laughs> and start playing them because in yeah. six months you're going to want some more. So yeah, yeah. That's just, the curse of just, curse. That's the musician's curse right there is all the cool yeah. gadgets that we yeah. have to choose from. <laughs> I, I think so too. I think so too. I do like my uh, my boss uh, DS one though. Very versatile pedal. Yeah, can't go wrong with a good old fashioned boss DS one. Not at all. <laughs> so is that your recommendation? Yeah, I think okay. so. Right. Um, the uh, the full tone OCV is a good pedal. Oh good. yeah, yep. that's a Zach. That's a Zach recommendation right there. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good all-around pedal too. But uh, I tend to use that DS one. Um, I'm mimicking. I'm not like a blues guy. I'm cover. I'm doing '90s cover, so I'm really always trying to sound like a different song. Yeah. That that Boss DS one with the, the the range of tone and the the distortion on it, mm -hmm. it you have a really wide uh array of sounds you can get it's very yeah. versatile yeah. i don't know if it's the best sounding pedal you know right. but as far as cover band versatility yeah. you can do a lot with it yeah well hey if it works i always say with gear if it works, it works for, you, for me if it works for you and you can afford it then that is the right gear yeah. for you <laughs> i like that prepositional phrase there steve that's oh, here nice. we go with the fucking English teacher right here. Yeah, right. If you can afford it. That's such an important phrase to add to that statement. Yeah, so it works for you and you can afford it. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so you guys, I mean, you do, you do really well. You booked all the time. Um, and I know, I know the reason why, but I, um, <laughs> but how do you decide what songs you're going to, play like at a gig and then it's gonna be a two-part question how do you song how do you decide what songs you're gonna play at a gig and then how do you so decide what songs you're gonna learn in the first place okay you want me to start you can too okay I so, so polite it's nice oh thank you <laughs> um, when we're at a gig um definitely um trying to visually just judge age first um i just want to see what my what my crowd is and try to hit them in like um, the genre that maybe they were driving in and dating in, you know, right. I don't know why that's just the first thing that happens for me. Oh, that's, but that's if, huge. Yep. Yeah. But if I get exactly. no reaction, then I'm going to start trying to broaden my spectrum of what I'm playing. And now I'm looking for foot tapping. Now I'm looking for eye contact. I'm listening for applause. And if I can feel like it, like I'm hitting a lane, um, whether it be Southern rock or country or nineties alternative, then I'm going to stay there for a little bit. And that's going to be what, what bleeds mostly in my gig. I'm going to, I'm going to play a couple of other things too, mm -hmm. but I'm always trying to hit my crowd. So I'm constantly looking at people, not, mm -hmm. not in an oogie kind of way. I'm not staring at you like star search style, but I'm definitely <laughs> trying to see if you, if I'm moving mm -hmm. anything anywhere. Yeah. 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 I think I have my few songs that I like to just kind of warm up with. Mm -hmm. um but aside from, and then also i'm always, always looking for the reaction you know looking this stand in the room to see what reaction you get to the music and i think one of the first things <clears throat> i'm looking for individual 
reactions to see if the music choice was it is right but i think too i'm looking for overall feedback from the crowd as a whole and see if they listening yet because mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a you know a swing in the crowd from the beginning when you're kind of background noise to the end of the night when everybody's juiced up they kind of finish talking and visiting and they want to dance or you, mm -hmm. you, you're getting a lot more interaction so you're kind of always watching that and so sometimes when it's not really time that i'm trying to get the whole crowd yet because mm -hmm. they're not at that stage i might have one person that's sitting down looking and watching Mm -hmm. And they're watching every song, they're mm -hmm. paying attention, they're clapping at the end mm -hmm. of the song, and they're engaged. I'll just have my private concert with that person. Yeah. Sure. yeah. 10 to 15 songs until sure. I feel like the crowd is more ready mm -hmm. to engage and I'll start feeling out some other people. But if I got one, if I'm getting yeah. nothing back from the audience yet. Mm -hmm. and I've got one little table that's sitting really paying attention, then I'll just keep playing yeah. the stuff that they like just and have my own little... Just because we don't have a set list. And so we're... Yeah, we never have a set list it's always yeah. with our shows. Well, I do a set list with the band because it's a different yeah. situation. But for me and Casey, we're always just... Um, yeah. And I didn't consider... I was Shooting from the hip. I didn't want to push off, but I didn't consider um, tempo either. I was only talking to you earlier about genre and, and like my age, but tempo's big too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to start trying to play some dance music, you know, 30 minutes into your set because right. no nobody's comfortable dancing until at least I'm going to go with halfway through. Not show. an hour yeah. typical show. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Let yeah. me say that. And yeah. I'll say that there's a difference between a private party and a bar gig too, because a yeah, private party private is among parties, the people yeah. who know each other. You got a large group that are all trying to visit and catch up. Yeah. You may not hit attention-wise for at least two to three hours. I can visiting. tell you exactly when there's a half hour left in a private party. Me, me too, because yeah. they're finally dancing. <laughs> and then when yeah. you finish, oh, you're not done. Play some more. Okay. Yeah. 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 Play this and play that. It's like, I, ju I did. I played all the It was harder for us to be rock stars at the end of the private parties because, you know, here we are, a married couple. Um, for a long time, we had young kids. And yeah. so the, the one more hour was yeah. always, sorry, yeah. we got a sitter. We, we got to get back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, we couldn't we couldn't rock star it out like like some people do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, well, we, what so, you yeah, described in that scenario is exactly <laughs> the way I do it. You know, I'm looking. You always looking for that little wedge. You know what I mean? It's like, especially at the beginning, you got some a crowd who's not paying attention, but you're always looking for the person tapping their foot, yeah, you know, mouthing yeah. the words along, they and then you, you kind of yes. Yeah. So yeah, on that same note. Um, you know, you guys are like, okay, we're going to learn this song, or does it just happen? Yeah, I know for, for me, typically it happens. I get a request for something, and then that's how I learn a song, you know, or I'll learn it at the, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'll learn it at the gig, and then, oh, that right. went well, I'll put it in my set list. Yeah. Uh, how does it work for you guys? That's similar. If, you know, um, obviously you can't, there's some people that have this very eclectic taste in music, and they, 
they come up to you and they want, man, you know this, you ever heard of this? And you're like, nope. You would sound so good singing that their songs and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, in 20 years of playing, I've never had anyone request that song. So <laughs> maybe I'll look it up, you know, if I come across it or whatever, but. I tend to, you know, gravitate toward the ones that if, if someone, if it keeps getting requested, if you hear yeah. a few people requested a few gigs in a row right. or, you know, the new things, because a lot of new songs come out and they, you know, they, they hit for a little while, but they fade out real fast and you yeah. just can't spend all your time right. trying to learn every new song sure. um, that, that comes out. So yeah. I think if we, when we get, a few requests for the same song, uh, we'll do it. And then a lot of times it's just something that I hear on the radio that I, uh, I don't listen to satellite radio. I, I don't have any satellite radio. Um, I don't listen to, I mean, I have Spotify, but I have my playlist on Spotify. Yeah. So, you know, I don't yeah. listen to any, um, I'm always listening to music that, for the band we're always yeah. trying to learn new songs with the band and practicing songs with the band and um so i mostly listen to country radio when i'm riding around in the car and so that's what i've been learning lately okay. kind of new modern country songs say i hear them on the radio and i i like it so i'll learn and see how it goes over in the bar and yeah yeah but mostly like you said it's it's something that we're familiar with that we just never played. So on the fly, we're yeah. just going to do Those it. Those you get, well. yeah. <laughs> Play it the yeah. next time. But, you know, very seldom do we sit at our own house and just practice and right. just learn learn things. No, it's just not, not, not you know, we, we vibe really well. I usually, I'll pick my way through something if, <clears throat> if she wants to do a song or, you know, she's like, I want to learn, you know, I want to try this new song, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll mess with it and pick my way through it at by myself on my own time. Yeah. And she sings it in the car or sings it yeah. in the bathroom or whatever, and yeah. you know, and then we 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 try it out on the gigs. At the gig, yeah. Yeah. Slide like most up yeah. and down a little bit, find the key, and and yeah. and like that. And every now and then, somebody will hire us for a special occasion and pay us to learn a special song. Yeah. If they have and in that instance, we are practicing. We're we practicing. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Not messing yeah. up your day. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll never play that song again. I've never. No. I, I, every song I ever learned for a wedding, I, I never. Don't do it. No, we don't do it. I think no. about them all the time. I hear them and I go, "Yeah, I learned that song mm -hmm. for a wedding," and then yeah. and I don't know how to play it. Well, I, I know you guys are like me. You like to keep it pretty up tempo. Yes. Yeah. During the I show do. and wedding songs just generally aren't up tempo and right, right. for a, a bar gig or a restaurant gig or whatever. You know. Right. I mean? just, no. No. Yeah. Not unless you're in Raceland. I guess you, <laughs> you can play slow dance songs all night in Raceland. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, they'll just keep coming up. You trick them, it's like they don't even know. You yeah. play one slow song and then play one fast song and you can play a slow song again. And, and they'll right. just grab it and come dance. <laughs> they just train like that. They like, they just dance and folk. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, this one band back when I was coming up, they played in Thibodeau and you, you knew they would play two fast songs, one slow song. Two fast songs, one slow song. So you, they had everybody trained. Like, they knew 
that okay, well, that's the second fast song. Let me go grab somebody. Let's go, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, All right, I mean, yes. Yeah, that's nothing, I, I would never do that, but you know, it, it worked for them. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Whatever works. Yeah, but what you were talking about earlier is that though these people will come up and request this, you know, esoteric song that no one's ever heard. And right. even if you could do it, well, then everyone else in the place would tune out because they never heard it. They're like, exactly. what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Right. And, and then the one dude who requests is probably like, yeah, whatever. And, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. He didn't really care anyway. It was right. more of a They're trying to stomp you. Right. Yes. I try, to feel my way through those, I try to feel my way through those requests because that, yeah. you know, you, ne- you never want to play stump the band in the middle of a show when you have captivated audience. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Yeah, I love taking requests, but you got to know how to manage that. You, know, you got to know how to, to kind of maybe shut them down a little bit while being nice, you know, and then oh, yeah. moving on, you know. Another, uh, speaking of requests and shutting down, a phenomenon that happens all the time is someone will come up and ask us to sing happy birthday to someone. Mm-hmm. And so you sing happy birthday and then you play a song. And right after that song, someone's standing there and they're like, hey, uh, can you sing happy birthday? To so and so, you're like, uh, okay. So you sing Happy Birthday again, and then you play one song, and then there's somebody, hey, you know, we got a birthday at our table too. It's like, man, yeah. we, just, we, we, we can't, yeah, we can't sing Happy Birthday all night long, all the, you know. Yeah. Well, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. 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 Five bucks a pop. Yeah, not even. I just, I just, I just, I make a joke about it, you know, and then everybody, okay, everybody, you know, I mean, just. If you get every, if you can get everybody in the audience involved, involved in agreeing right. with you, then it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But if you're going to just sit there and go, okay, happy birthday, Marge, and happy birthday, Dave, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it gets, it gets better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a way to navigate, you know, we've all, we've been at this a while. We know how to navigate through all those little uh, situations like that. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Patience, because they're usually a little drunk. That's right. That's right. That's right. You yeah. gotta, you gotta cut yeah, up some give, slack. Give, a, give everyone grace. And, and That's, right. That's right. That's right. But you know, again, you, you got to stand your ground. You know, when you try to get on my microphone, I'm good at body checking you to right. keep you away from the microphone. Yes. <laughs> you know, these little yes. subtle moves you come. Oh, if they're about to run into you, kind of put the guitar head to the small of their back. Oh, Just let them know this is this is where the boundary is. Yes. Yes. We took one uh, a couple of weeks ago with the band head first. He got got there and he had a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels. He was walking around drinking Jack Daniels straight out of the bottle because it was his birthday. And he was one of the regulars. What's that? Did you have to sing happy birthday to him? (laughs) No, we didn't. (laughs) Um, but he was one of the regular guys, you know, and he was having a good time. But by the end of the night, he came, uh, he was dancing and lost his balance and speared head first, you know, yeah. straight at me. I swung my guitar, grabbed the mic, and though, by the way, I thought he was going through the kick drum. But he, <laughs> fell, he fell just a little short of the kick drum and my amp sitting right there on the side of me. But I mean, he was all bleeding from his elbow and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, we were playing Shimmer uh, Fuel, you know, yeah. and he crashed and everything stopped. And so we just, we grab him and stand him back up and 
two, three, four, strings of champagne, you know. Just... Catch and release, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Threw him back in the water and, and, and two, click, click, click. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, in my early days, I would try to catch, like, I would try to catch people. Like, oh, no. falling, I would try to catch it. And until one day, I hurt my back really bad. Like, they, they just pulled it. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm never. Now I'm a ninja, man. I can. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm ninja. I'm, I'm I ninja. Ended up, I ended up with a big old bruise on inside of my thigh right here when yeah. I jumped out of the way and I, I swung my guitar. I think I uh -huh. hit myself oh, yeah. in the leg with my guitar. And I'm on all kind of blood thinners since I had a heart attack. Oh, so I geez. bruised like, a, like your grandpa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you know how my grandpa grew? Uh, I just, just an assumption. <laughs> so that brings me to a question. You guys normally sit on stools when you do the duo gig, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if someone were to come crashing into you, kind of in a. We're in a bind. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. Foot. you know what? Well, <laughs> we, you know what we started doing, though? We, we bought a rug that our uh -huh. equipment was on, and the rug is just a visual. This is my spot. Yeah, that's your spot. Uh -huh. So thank you. But that's what we, I find it's a nice reminder that, you know, you're entering my space. Yeah. So um, I think that was a good thing that we, that was a really good thing that we did yeah. to get the rope. A visual, a visual reference helps. Yeah. But. Yes. And we always have a roll of caution tape because sometimes <laughs> the private parties get a little crazy <laughs> and then you just kind of rope yourself off and people just get yeah. it. I have pictures of me playing in Doolarge. I had to do that in Doolarge because every week someone would go over the monitor, bam, into the thing. You know how small oh, yeah. the place is in Doolarge. Yes. Well, we play uh, certain Mardi Gras parties. Yeah. The certain Mardi oh, yeah. Gras parties where we have to use our caution tape. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. I had caution tape. Until the, <laughs> one time, though, because I would, I would tie it around a speaker pole. Oh, yeah. My, oh, my dolly. The that, we oh, so, yeah, they went to the caution tape and took the speakers down with them. Yeah, <laughs> we that has happened to us as well. So yeah, we, yeah. we don't do that yeah. anymore. Either. You, I remember one time, um, it was you and I, and Sam. I think it was that one gig that Sam uh, played with with me and you. I don't remember what bar we played at. Yeah, and and uh, the guy it was toward the end of the gig, and that guy. Drunk guy put his hand on the speaker stand to lean on the speaker, and the whole you remember that the whole speaker and everything fell yes. right on top of all of your stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep that dude still talks about that, that to me. This day. I think that was Piazza. So maybe so. I think it was Piazza. Yeah, it was me, you, and Sam. Though I remember that uh, it was like <laughs> I saw it in slow motion, but oh, you yeah. can't get there in time. But it's like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Yep. It happens more often than people think. I agree. I know. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Or you get hit in the mouth mm -hmm. with your with the mic. You know, somebody running into your mic. They don't understand how bad that hurts. I, I, the, the thing, the solution I have for that is I set my mic up sideways, so I don't set the boom up straight like that. You set up so, so at least some of the energy is yeah. kind of deflected. You know what I mean? It's not straight leverage. Yeah, if That's they're close smart. to me, like I said, I have the thing out, the guitar out like this. Here we go. Guitar out like this. Yeah. And I will turn my mouth to the side of the mic like this. So it's not hitting me directly. So I can, I'm not, you know. Right. I've learned, I've learned over the years that. how to not to take a direct hit. 
<laughs> it's been a while since I've taken a direct hit, but I've, I've had a busted lip. I mean, I'm telling you, as a singer, yeah. a busted lip can just knock you out of commission. Yeah. If, if you have no articulation and you can't right. easily just move your lips over your teeth, I mean, yeah. you're not, you're not going to get through a show. Me and Bobby McGee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, I have a story to tell you. There was this one time we played. Remember Jarrell's Car Club? Yes. Okay, so it's this long building. I, I think you remember. So that they had bathrooms way in the back, mm-hmm. and the stage was all the way on the other side of the the place. So at some point in the night, they would shut the lights off to the back half of the building, especially if they didn't have a crowd. And everybody that was there would just gravitate towards the stage. So we were playing as a band one night in Copacetic. And this girl, there was only two tables of people watching us. We were like at the last 20 minutes of the show. This girl left her group and walked all the way to the back of the building to go to the bathroom. And she was in the door. And I watched her run out of the bathroom dancing because we were playing something fast. She face planted and didn't move she was like stuck on the floor and i remember thinking in in like just a moment oh my god tell somebody she had an emergency she probably knocked herself out yeah well she started to move and she was slithering like a snake she stayed on the floor on her belly went all the way back into the bathroom (laughs) stood back up and did a do-over and came back out dancing again And no one else saw her except for me. She went back to her table and they all left. And I was like, oh my God, nobody saw that, just me. She did that. Well, now hopefully we'll get a lot of viewers on this podcast and that story will like, you know, you're the one person and it'll just throw everyone. Somebody's going to be like, that was me. I'm the girl. I hope so. Yeah, that would be cool to find out who that was. Yeah, I, I thought she had knocked herself out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've had them trip over the monitors before, though. That's that's common. That's the common one, man. I can. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Paige. uh, This girl took out. It was back in the day when we had, um, you know, it was 25 years ago, so we didn't have tablets. I literally had a a music stand in front of me with a three ring binder. Uh huh. You know, on the on the music stand, and then a mic in front of me and a mic in front of Sid, and a girl runs around to the side of me and asks me, "Can you play this song?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll play that next. So she takes off and she's going to run back to her friends, and she's they're gonna play it next, you know. And she tripped on my floor wedge. Put her arms out. She took my mic stand, the the tab, the book in front of us, Sid's mic stand, everything out from in front of us. She Superman on the floor, and she got a cigarette in her mouth. And the cigarette hit the carpet on the ground, and that the sparks flew across the room. You know, it's like I have that. I replays in my head like it was yesterday. Carpet and cigarettes in the bar. Yeah, was that, that was the Winfields yeah. and Timido. Carpet yeah. on the floor and Rick smoke inside. Yeah, Rick, same way. Yeah. That was that was a uh eleven PM to two <laughs> uh open mic, open jam open acoustic jam on yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah, I remember eleven that. to two. Yeah. I used yeah. to stop by that after my La Casa gig sometimes. Yeah, that's the one Sid and Bo Porsche were doing, and then yeah. Bo left and me and Sid started doing. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Do you find, I, I know for me, your gigs are earlier nowadays. Oh, yeah. Yes. Everything's earlier. Six to nine, seven to ten. Yeah. I love it. No Tuesday yeah. gigs either around here. No yeah, Tuesday. Oh, really? yeah. Um, yeah, man, I remember that Tuesday night, you know, nine to one, ten to two on Wednesday. I mean, it was oh, yeah. common, you know, now. Everything's so yeah. early. It's true. Do you find that that's happened in the last couple of years? Or do you find that's yes. just been a trend because of our age? No, I think it, here's here's my theory on it. Okay, so when we were coming up, right, you didn't have Spotify, YouTube, all this other stuff. You didn't have you didn't have access to music twenty four seven, right? Right. So people who were coming coming out, they would come out to listen to music a lot of times, right? Now they don't. And the kids now, they're listening to, you know, the, the kids who are 21 or whatever, they're not listening to music. They're listening to this, this, <clears throat> that, this face, and we can't really replicate it on an acoustic guitar, right? right. So, right. yeah, we're kind of not interesting. So back in those days that we had, and I saw the trend, like when I first started playing, we had, you know, the 21-year-olds coming out, and then they would, you know, get married, have kids, and they'd stop coming out, but then a new group of 21-year-olds would come out and, then they right. get married and start, but then the ones who were 21 in the beginning, they came back around when they get divorced and all that. And they start, so it's kind of this <laughs> circle of, of people, which always had that influx of 21 years. We don't have that influx anymore of younger people. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And but, I often wonder if I'm not seeing the younger people because of the mute, the genre that I'm, I'm playing, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, but the thing is, what, what what I do see on the other end of that is there's a lot of young people who are playing, and when they're playing, they're playing the music that we're playing because that's <laughs> right. That's yeah. going to give them the shows. That's going to give them the restaurant gigs. Right. That's going to give them the. That's right. what they're after. The evergreen song. Yeah, and I, we have a couple of local restaurants around here that um, you know they keep their their. Um, Weekends completely filled, and they're always trying to give a shot to the up-and-coming, newest, latest, greatest kids. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. And they're all playing music that we play. It sounds mm -hmm. like their set sounds like my set. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. So to a degree. Well, yeah. To a degree. We have way more variety. There's a difference, yeah. you know, like, um, if you ask me to play some song from my mom's, uh, childhood that I've yeah. probably heard once or twice. I could fake my way through it, yeah. but ask me to play songs from my childhood. You know, it's it's different. So a lot of times, you know, I hear I was sitting at one in particular restaurant that has these kind of young and upcoming new little kids on went watch just to, to to check them out, and they were playing. Um, like Jesse's Girl or, you know, one of these songs, but it was evident that they were reading some tablature and faking it and didn't really have a good um, understanding and feeling of the song. You know what right, I mean? Right. They weren't really getting the essence of the song across because they're just not that familiar with it. Right, right. You know, right. so... Uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's it's un, it's unfortunate because right now with the it's just my opinion, but with the the internet being a great tool for all these artists, original artists to to get your music out there 
to you know to people. It's great in that respect, but as a cover band, it's making it harder and harder yeah. to keep up with what's out there because there's it's so segmented. So people are listening to so many different yeah. things and hearing so much different music. Yeah, you constantly have people introducing artists that you've never heard of and right. you know so if you play asking for songs that you just never even heard yeah. and then again they don't have that yeah they don't have that me. yeah they don't have that mass appeal either whereas if you were to play that song the whole crowd would know it whereas right. when we were coming up you know there was a radio hit you know everybody knew it you knew that you could probably go to your gig and play that radio hit and everybody would know what it is that that right. just does not happen anymore that's what we're always trying to do. You were talking about what songs, you know, that's yeah. what I, I try to explain to people. I'm trying to play a song that everyone in here is going to know. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be the prettiest song, the best no. song, no. the one that I do the best, right. the one that my voice is best suited for. No. That's no, not that the matters. goal. Yeah. No, it, it's if I can play it, every one of my songs can be a song that everybody in here Yep. knows and is familiar with and recognizes yep. it that's you can't go wrong that you see that's i i pre, i preach that to people i yeah. it, <laughs> if there's it's one thing i could tell somebody starting out that's that's it that's what it that's right. the main thing that's you know, how people, you um that's how you make sure that you book every weekend. If you, yeah. you know, if you want to be a cover uh, band, you know, and it's like your side hustle, and you only want to learn music that makes you feel good. Yeah, the time, you want to be a, a Stone Temple Pilots uh, tribute yeah. band, cool. Yeah. But you're yeah. only going to appeal to right. Stone Temple Pilots fans. You're going to have limited gigs. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so basically, if you want a gig, you got to learn to play songs people want to hear. It's simple. It's absolutely. That it's it is absolutely that simple. doesn't matter what you like. We get asked that a lot. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite? The last one. Yeah. The last <laughs> one at the gig when I get to go, all right, thank you. Good night. Collect my money and go That's home. Favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I, we always say, like, uh, you know, my favorite one at the moment is because there yeah. is one always that I'm like, oh, I'm excited to play that. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's super fresh or maybe yeah, it's right. one that we finally worked out the kinks to and I'm excited yeah. to. I don't know about like my all time favorite yeah. song. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah, mine know. changes from week to week. I couldn't, or day to day even. I was like, I couldn't possibly. And I wouldn't even know how to play it, you know, which is why yeah. it's still my favorite song because I don't play it every night. You know? That's right. right. That's right. right. And that's another thing is songs that I love are not necessarily songs that I even play. Oh, yeah. They yeah. don't necessarily go over well acoustically or exactly. gigs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you have to separate that part of yourself. That music lover has to almost um, take a backseat to the musician mm-hmm. because yeah. you are you are trying to be somebody that um, everybody wants at their party and somebody everybody wants at their restaurant because you're yeah. going to, no matter the people, no matter the crowd, you're going to make sure that you you, yeah. you uh, bring the party, so to speak. Yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah, because you know there are tons of songs I love, and I tend to stay away from learning them because once I learn them, they're kind of demystified, and then I don't like them as much anymore. You know what I mean? Right. I, I feel you on that definitely. Yeah. And you know, you had access um, about. I'm like, I'm like asking your own question. But you had access about four songs that you like need to know for. Yeah. It was five, actually, but four is good. Oh, was it five? Yeah, okay. No, fine. You didn't do your homework. But that's fine. Whatever. 
<laughs> no. The teacher too, huh? I know. Yeah, yeah, right. You did. I'm taking I'm taking ten points off of your grade for this. Oh, sure. Well, I'm gonna I'm okay, gonna what, say that. What are the what are the, what are the four like, songs that you must know? Okay, the four songs that you must know as a female singer. Okay, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, because I think it matters. It's not just like. Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely. Bobby McGee. Okay. Yeah. Zombie. What's Up by Four Non Blondes. Mm-hmm. I think those are just absolute staples. And right now, Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. I don't I don't think I go through one show without singing all four of those songs. And that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty. I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee that a step Whiskey. further. And even if you're a male singer, you should know those songs. Oh, well. I, I, I do all those. I have to do all those. Yeah. I was going to say, I do, um, I do Zombie. I do mm-hmm. What's Up. And yeah. I do Tennessee whiskey. What was the other one you said? I don't do Bobby McGee. I have done Bobby McGee, but yeah. I, I don't typically get asked for it at my shows. But yeah. uh, those other ones, all Tennessee whiskey is yeah. one that we get re- requested every gig. Somebody, somebody asks for yeah. Tennessee whiskey. Yes, that's like uh, the newest kind of evergreen song I can think of. You know what I mean? Like that's just what's the, the, the craziest thing to me is that. It, it might be, it's probably last on my list of favorite Chris Stapleton songs. Sure. Oh, he's got you some know, great like, stuff. Yeah. Parachute being one of my favorites, you know. There's but, so many good, yeah. he's got so many good songs, and that is just not one that I really care for. Um, but you see, there but, you go. There's, again, it kind of goes with what Casey said earlier. you got to separate your music uh, lover from the musician because. Right. Again, as musicians, we're like, okay, it's a fucking two chord song, da 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 da. But right. people are like, hey, it's Tennessee whiskey, woohoo! So, uh, yeah. yes. down, 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 down. Yeah. 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 Here they yeah. come. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Exactly. So, so my uh, theory, I'm sorry. My theory on that particular song is that it is reminiscent of the Etta James song that Beyonce also redid mm-hmm. herself. Okay. Um, what's the song I'm thinking of? Not sure. No, I know it. It's just it was like right there on the tip of my tongue. Um, I'd rather go blind. Oh, okay. It is the exact chord progression. It is the exact key, and uh-huh. so I think that that's what's striking a chord with people is that. Yeah, so you know, so do, do, wouldn't they rather hear "I'd rather go blind"? Then you would think, you would think so, but I feel like <laughs> that is the that's the. Uh, psychological reason why people enjoy. I see. So, like deep in their subconscious, they heard those songs before, and this kind of. It's this familiar yet new. I gotcha. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah. Okay. So I think a Tennessee whiskey is a definite. You have to know that. Yeah. Um, a, a song that goes over well with every crowd, every age group, I feel, um, pretty much. In my experience, 3 a.m., Matchbox 20. Yes. One that just, for some reason, uh, people like that song. It's it's interesting uh, on the on the very first podcast I did with a guy named P D Brody from New Jersey that was his and for that reason three a.m. yeah yeah it, it <laughs> goes over well with it's just, any any age group you know everybody knows that uh, yeah it's a, it's a gateway intro, song that little yep. intro everybody yep. catches everybody um, a song that Jesse's girl is um, you know that that familiar first lick you know you play that yeah. dum, 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 the the girls are coming to dance. If you're looking to get people dancing, um, Jesse's girls won. And then for a long time, 
uh, me and Sid had a thing where if anybody asked for something good, we played Brown Eyed Girl. So <laughs> no matter no matter how many times if you can play, play, play something good request. Yeah, you get brown as opposed eye to the crap I've been playing for the last three hours. Yeah, you know, here's something good right. finally. Right. Yeah. It's, it's I, got, a, it's I got three more, and then I'm gonna play you a good one. It's such a backward <laughs> insult. It's such a backward insult. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and too, zombie and what's up are are everybody at they ask for zombie at every show, yeah. and what's up is one of those songs that. The sing along. Everybody wants to sing the hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think any time. Ta- no, oh, I was going to say my fifth is a toss up between uh, Simple Man and Hotel California. Okay, that's what that's all. Yeah, about. yeah. You got it. You got to know all those for sure. Those I agree with you on all, all all those songs. You have to know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No question. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right. So oh, here's a here's a good one. Um, so. I love your graphics on Facebook, like your so, whatever your social media strategy is. If it's even, I don't know how involved you are with the strategy part of it, but yeah, yeah, I love. So to me, there's two things I love. I love your your tagline, "Music you love," because it's like it's all about the audience. We're playing music you. Love. I mean, it's simple and it's great. Music you love, and I like the personalized thing because you have such good. Hand or calligraphy, I guess it would be called that, yes. you know, you personalize your, your uh, show dates and everything with that. And can you speak to that a little bit? With- yeah, absolutely. So I don't think I got into any of that uh, social media until um, quarantine. Um, I was advertising my shows, it, but, but not heavily like I started doing when, when quarantine hit and we ended up being just a, a live stream band for a bit there. Um, but <clears throat> I've always been into my handwriting. I've always been into calligraphy. And I feel like it's it's also another side hustle of mine. So if I can use my music to showcase my handwriting, then when you need a sign, when you need invitations, you're going to think of me as the artistic person in your life that you could call and ask to do that. So I felt like it benefited both, you know, my other side hustle to use it in, in the music scene. Um, and I've just recently gotten addicted to Canva, which is an amazing program. And that's what I've been using to do my most recent stuff. But um, I think that putting our picture out there and people seeing our faces a lot really helps because um, they recognize us when they see us out and about. They're like, hey, you're the people that play music. You're the Casey and Johnny duo. It's not just some, they don't just see our names. And I'll tell you this, when they were only seeing our names, I was Cassie and Johnny. Uh The minute we started going live and talking to people and using our, uh, you know, our our persona, I guess, like with everybody, then people started to recognize how I said my name. And now yeah. it's, it's, it's less prevalent that people are mispronouncing me than, than not. You're so 75% Casey now you feel? Yeah. I feel like more people know I'm Casey and I think it's because I put myself out there in a, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and y'all are good looking people. Y'all should have your pictures up there, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I was talking to Johnny. When I worked in the hospital having my uh, heart attack, the uh, the little girl that came out to get us, she opened the door and she goes, oh, it's Casey and Johnny. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Here we are. Yes. Funny. And you know, after a long time, Steve, when I was playing with you and I was fresh, um, I felt like you had that, you know, 
that famous little um, locally famous reputation. You know, everywhere you mm-hmm. went, you were seen. You know, and when yeah. you did take a break, you really did. I, I remember feeling um, so lost because I would be at a show and you would take a break, and mm-hmm. you could bebop from every single table, and you knew somebody at every single table, yeah. and you, you needed to tell everybody, "Hey, I'm, and I had my one table of my one my little family members that had come to watch me." Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt so um, enamored with the fact that you knew all these people and that you did need to network yourself. And that was part yeah. of the gig. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. you Absolutely. know, people, if, if you're going to um, take a break, you got to, if you go take a break, you, you can't just sit in the corner. No, playing on your it's phone very important. It's very yeah. important that people feel like they know you. Right. Yeah. Pe- people go out to be social there. That's why they're out in the first place. Too. Yeah. They, right. could, they could sit home and watch Netflix and watch and listen to something a million times better than what you're presenting. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But they go out for that connection. And that's, I've always realized that. And, and as you may or may not know, I am, I'm pretty much an introvert. I'm very shy naturally, you know, but when it comes to that, yeah. I, but in that situation, I kind of have a reason to go up to you and talk. You know what I mean? Right. I have, I have that in because I was the guy playing music. Hey, I can go talk to you. But if, you know, we're at a pizza hut and you want me to go say hi to Joe Blow, I, I you know, and you know, I love that you said that you're an introvert because I feel like I feel like I'm always wrestling with that side of myself. Like I, I do feel like an innate need to be private and to have uh, sure. my own life. But yeah. there is also a part of me that has to be very public, and I need to yeah. be accessible, and I need to be, mm-hmm. you know, always willing to hear you when you want to talk. And there's mm-hmm. a teacher in me too. So when I'm out and about as a, you know, just a human, I have to know that I might run into a student or a parent or Somebody yeah. that wants me to play at their wedding. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that you said that you feel like you're an introvert because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that you can be a performer and still want to be like introverted on some Most level. Performers are introverts. That's you know, that's yeah. Most are. I think so and that's too. that's why I kind of bring it up in these podcasts because other people may not realize that, you know, listening, like just getting started, not realizing, hey, I'm a shy person, I can never do that. Well, yeah, you can because yeah. most most performers are pretty shy. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I remember um, when I first started and I was playing with Jamie and Mike, I didn't sing. Like, I didn't even have a microphone. You know, they each had a mic, and I didn't. Yeah. No, Mike, I wasn't doing any singing. I was just playing. <laughs> I didn't sing. Um, and so I was learning this song at home. It was Dave Matthews' song. And I brought it up at, at practice and, and just sang a little piece of it and played it. And they were like, man, you, you're going to sing that at the next show. You know that that's your song now. And so that was it. It was like, this just yeah. one, one song every time at the show, like, all right, here's Johnny sings his song. And yeah. I'd get the mic, you know, and I'd sing the one song because mm-hmm. I just wasn't yeah. the singer. But isn't it cool that you had that opportunity to build it up? You start out with one song. And then yeah. now you can do a whole gig by yourself. Absolutely. You know, but, but in between that time, you know, you gradually built it up and yeah. Yeah. It's a long process. Yeah. Um, what you, to what you were saying before though, networking, you say, you know, uh, talking to people when you take a break and all people, people want to know you. They want everybody else in the place to know that they know. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, like they, there's that too. Yeah. And so they want to yeah. walk in yeah. and and they want to come walk by the stage and give you a little fist bump and mm-hmm. say hey to you. Even, and even so, though you're playing, 
That's right. I love that. Oh yeah, I want to give you. They love it if you can make it. If you can make a little uh, move, they they love it. That's right. And so, give an elbow. That that's part of it. You know, you gotta you gotta take time after you finish the gig, or when you take a break, or before while you're setting up, and you gotta go say hey to those people, and hopefully you remember their name and make them feel real special, and that's gonna be another reason why they're gonna want to come to your show that's, when, when they decide to go out and eat somewhere that just because yeah. they feel special by walking in yeah. and you call them out on the mic. Oh, Hey, Mike yeah. and Sarah or whoever, you know, yeah. you may give them that little shout out on the mic or that little fist bump. And, and that's a, a forever fan. Yeah. Well, no, I, I totally agree. And you know, the other, the other part of that is, is I've actually made some real true friends that way too. Like Absolutely. over the years, you know, like, yeah, people who are like, been. yeah. So, yeah that's, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even even amongst like other musicians, you know, like um, like you said, you used to hit a jam night after you got off of work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will come and just sit in on the last ten minutes of our show because they're on their way home, yeah. and you know they're that's that's. I try to go if we ever have a Friday night or a Saturday night that yeah. we're not playing. I usually try to. Make my way downtown, go down to the dock or wherever, yeah. so, you know, go show my face, hit the other musicians, spread a little tip yep. money around in the tip jars. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the hard thing once you get up and running. Like, that's True. been my, for years, I've had a problem trying to get out and see other people. Yeah, you never get to see anybody else. Never. Yeah. You know. And I find, yeah. I find, like, they take vacations take a backseat. Um, yeah. Holidays are more stressful because you're not you're not on a like right now. All my teacher friends are off for two weeks. Um, I have five gigs yeah, in yeah. the two week break. You know, like there. And then when Mardi Gras comes, it'll be even worse. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't get those 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 long yeah. uh, hiatuses from work like people who have regular jobs do. No. You know, yeah. There's no paid vacation for the musician. Yeah, nope. no, but it's still better than a real job. It is. God, it's so much better. <laughs> my, my last real job was in 1995 at UPS in Atlanta. Wow. I did not know you worked at UPS. I did. I wasn't I wasn't like in the little browns. I loaded the, the big 18 wheel. Yeah, loading the truck. I'm pretty sure that's where they make you start too. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, well, that's where I started. But anyway, yeah. that, that was hot. That was a hot, hot job. Like hot. They wouldn't let oh, you yeah. wear shorts at the time. I think they do now. Yeah, they but, have uh, some, some nice UPS shorts. Yeah. Well, I feel like dealing with, uh, you know, teenagers and dealing with, uh, you know, drunks is not too far removed from one another. You know, there's a lot of grace you give. There's a lot of just, you know, repeated instructions. (laughs) So you, you know, this person, I, I played a party for this couple. was at Ryan's steakhouse. It's like their anniversary party or something, right? Okay. And they had a little nephew who was three years old. He kept coming up to me, eh, play. Uh, you know, some, you know, some Disney song that I had no clue. I'm like, oh, oh sorry, buddy. You know, I, I don't know it. You know, I finished the song. Hey, play uh, the same song. I'm like, ah, I, I still don't know it, man. But I'm thinking to myself, this dude is just like a drunk person. This three-year-old is just like a drunk guy. You know, repeating himself, play the same song over and over. Dude, I just told you, I don't know it. I hadn't learned it since I... You know, while I was playing this other song, you know, yeah. and for some reason, y'all just don't speak the same language. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. It, I totally get that. I totally. Get that. 
<laughs> I know. They're like, man, play this song, uh, whatever. And you're like, oh, we don't know that one. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> yeah, it goes. Yeah. It's easy. I love it. It's easy. Get their phone out and let you listen to it for a second. This is it. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I know the song. I've heard the song. Let the bass player and the drummer and I'll hear that real quick, and then we're going to do it. The drunk logic. Yeah. Oh, that's so here's the worst one though. Hey, play blah 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 blah. Okay, and you play it. Hey man, play blah blah. I just played it for you, dude. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or play play uh play what's up? Oh, we just did that. One. Well, I wasn't here. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we played 25 other songs. <laughs> you know, before you got here too. Should we should we replay all of those? <laughs> my my stock answer is that well you should have got here on time we, we were waiting for you we were waiting for you yes. <laughs> i think having your your life partner be your uh your musical partner too is a it, yeah well listen it's very to... rare you know what i mean it's a, yeah uh, it's well let's a, speak to that that's good it's, it's very um, rare thing i like it or, or, or yeah, are there any pitfalls to that? Because me myself, I know yeah, when you're not if I were to play with my wife, music, you know, music or work <laughs> in any capacity with my significant other, there would be a problem. Just because, I mean, just, and not necessarily because of them, because of me, you know what I mean? But I think you know we've been through it all. Um, we've been through it all. There was definitely times where it was, it was problem and it was rough and everything. But I think at this point, the performance matters still pretty much, I think we have it figured out at this point. Um, I can, I can fake it till I feel it on the nights that I don't Mm want to be there. And, um, I think we've become more encouraging and discouraging when it comes to the performance. I can keep my smile on like this and look like this and be going, come on, babe, quit being such a bitch. (laughs) I know they're drunk, but they're trying to have a good time. Don't don't quit fussing them. (laughs) Oh, man, you made me snort, man. Yeah, so that happens, you know. the performance matters more to both of us. You know, our reputations as yeah. musicians, it's definitely a, our business now. And so it's mm. not, it's a non-negotiable. It has to be professional. Yeah. We have to be on our best behavior. Um, yeah. I got to give you my 100% because yeah. even though the crowd in front of me may not be paying attention, I don't know who's about to walk in that door. That might be my next paycheck. And man, yeah. I don't know who's already there. Everything's videoed. Too. Oh, yeah, you know, I like just exactly. never notice always people... Like while we're playing, there's constantly someone with a video cam, you know, with their camera videoing us. And so you just, you got to watch, you got to stay on your toes so you're not having bad videos of you out there. I always want a video when I hit a bad note. I'm like, what? Now look, and there's someone with a video camera right there. I'm like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I found my stamina was suffering. Um, You know, whenever I, I drank at a show, I get, I was having heartburn and I was actually getting, you know, slower, you know, um, obviously. Um, So I, I drink water at the shows all night. It makes me more confident. It makes me have more, uh, I have more energy the whole time I'm there, more patience. So, you know, you just, if you treat it like work, if you treat it like work and you take it seriously, then I think the benefits are, are going to, you're going to reap the rewards of that. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you don't take it seriously and you treat it like a party. People will treat you like that. It's easy to get caught up in you know in the Motley Crue thing and sure you want to get drunk with the crowd and party with the crowd. They want to buy you shots and they want to you know they want to party with you. But uh, and I've done both. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's definitely feel it's nice to to be at the end of the show and still have your head together and yep. and still be playing in time and doing a good job and pack up yep. stuff and go home safe and yeah 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 I quit drinking at shows years ago because yeah. all because of all those reasons and you know as you get older it's I mean your vocal cords dry out a lot quicker and it, alcohol yep. does not help in any no, way not at all. Not at all. And you know, a guy like me, I do it almost every night, so I got I gotta be I gotta be on my best behavior, you know. That's another thing with being a solo performer, you know, is uh you gotta really take care of your voice and Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far not just drinking and smoking and all of that stuff, but uh staging your songs. What you know, what how what songs you play, how early in the night you get people that's come up and they want you to do tool sober, <laughs> you know, the second song, like, no, we're going to, yeah. yeah. we'll, we'll maybe do that one last. If I have any voice left at the end of this show, then I'll scream some right. yeah. So no, uh, I've, I've done, I've switched up the way I've sang, I've sing. I've switched up the way I sing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Years ago. And uh, also I do vocal warmups now, like religiously, like I'm in the car before the gig. I'm like, and, the people, you know, next to me are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, at the red light, you know, I'm like, I don't do, uh, I don't think I do like any, uh, specific vocal warmup, but I definitely try to sing on the way to the show. You know, like we're going to put something on that we can both just like, you know, sing our little hearts out to on the way to the gig, but not necessarily a vocal warmup. But but you're, you're a teacher, right? So you kind of speaking, you're speaking voice all day anyway. So you're all day. Yeah. You're more. You know, you're you're warmed up. You know, I agree Whereas, with that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas me, I gotta, I have to physically, you know. Okay. Uh, you know. Most of my teacher friends, when we first start going back to school, um, it's you can you can pick pinpoint the ones that are going to lose their voice within the first two three weeks of school because they they haven't done anything like that all summer, and I never yeah. have that issue. I'm always yeah. just a strong talker, yeah. all always. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. She's a strong talker. I am. I don't know how else to say. I've it. never noticed that. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys so much, man. man y'all, y'all, yeah, awesome. we, appreciate yeah, uh, we appreciate you having us. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, as always. I mean, like you guys are. You know, when I wanted to get a duo on, obviously the first ones I thought of because y'all, y'all bring it. Y'all are professional. You know what you're doing. You know. Well, thank, and, you. Uh, thank you. You've been doing it a long time. And, uh, you know, I love both of you. So. Yeah. We love you, too. We love you, too. I owe, a, I owe a, a huge part of my musical career to you, Steve, for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Uh, Daisy, Daisy said it's time to go. Yeah, she's yep, Daisy needs something. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right, Steve. All right, Steve. Have a good afternoon. Right, y'all, too.